Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Holidays, everybody out there that support the holidays. 
Um, you know, July is here. I, I don't even want to say halfway, but it's interesting that we're at this point in time in the summer where summer we're looking at August and a lot of talk about a lot of things, but Baker is on the grill right now. It's funny that we're saying Baker in a grill. We used to talk about <laughs> Baker in an oven. But, hey, it's the kitchen. Crazy things have happened. But we're going from Ohio to Carolina or Kakalaka. How are you, though? Kakalaka, if you like it. Uh, you know, they, where they do the helicopter. I don't know if they do the helicopter anymore down there, but, uh, um, you know, like Petey Pablo, remember that? Yeah, uh, they're sure like a helicopter. Or whatever, uh, you know, shout out to Carolina. I got family down there. I know you got family down there too, bro. But, um, yeah, listen, July is usually a quiet month. Um, like I said, you got Wimbledon going on. You have some golf going on as well. Um, you know, free agency and basketball. Uh, today was the day that people can actually sign their contracts. So, um, you know, a little bit of news going on around there. We'll get into that in a little bit. But you kicked it off, so let's, let's pop this pop this collar over here. Baker Mayfield finally on the move. It looked like he wasn't um, that they were going to try to trade him during the draft. That didn't come to fruition, but they said that um, the Carolina Panthers and the Cleveland Browns have kept engaging, kept talking. Uh, Carolina, you know, looking to upgrade the quarterback position after the failed trade for Sam Darnold. Um, Cleveland obviously making the move for Deshaun Watson had a full quarterback room. Um, looks like they're going to go with Jacoby Brissett uh, in case of, uh, you know, eminent suspension for Deshaun Watson. Uh, Baker wanted to be traded. They got rid of him for a fifth-round pick, can move up to a fourth-round pick. Um, if, um, I guess, if it's a playing time thing or incentives are met or something like that. The interesting to no- thing to note, it's about a, I guess you could say about $15, $16 million contract that, Baker is in line for this year. Uh, Cleveland's on the hook for about $10 million, almost $11 million of that contract, more, almost 60, 67% of the contract to not play for the Cleveland Browns. TP, your thoughts on the trade that happened earlier today, Baker Mayfield on his way to Carolina. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting that Carolina finally pulled the trigger when they've been up and down saying, that they didn't want to deal with Baker. They they weren't interested. They finally made it happen. I don't know why Seattle didn't want to jump into it because I'm not content with Geno Smith nor Drew Locke leading a team that needs more than just the quarterback. They got rid of some pieces that we truly we have to see how their identity is going to be in this upcoming season with Russell going. And um, to be brutally honest, they have three quarterbacks there that you don't know who's going to be the starter between Matt, Coral, uh, you have Sam Darnold and now Baker. Um, I don't like Sam Darnold as a starter. Baker has to prove himself with a depleted receiver core other than Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore. They need more to me, especially at the tight end position. And then you have the situation with Matt coming out of Ole Miss trying to prove himself mm-hmm. after an injury. This is going to be pretty tough for him to try to make this happen. So this is mayhem with uh, Coach Rule has down there in Carolina. And, um, I feel like this is still a, a quarterback carousel, and this is is um, it's unfortunate for me to say this as an analyst, but like like as a fan, it's like ridiculous to look at it. Like Carolina came down there with Cam and didn't work out. Donald it didn't work out. You're gonna bring Baker down there on a one year situation may not work out, and if that doesn't happen, you have so many quarterbacks going in and out of that door. Who who are you building like trust with at the end of the day? 
I mean, you bring up a great point. I definitely want to get the Carolina take and then get the Cleveland take. I want to, I want to double click on that TT because you bring up a great point that they have Carl, uh, Carl or Carl in the building. They already have Darnold. Do you think Baker? Do you think is it, this is a prove-it year for him, or do you think he and he has to kind of show what he can do to get another job, or is this a permanent landing spot in Cleveland? What do you think? Because they prove do have year. Matt Matt Hall, that, that all comes into play. That all comes into play. Mm. This is a prove-it year, no matter if he gets the job there or not. If he plays impressive, Carolina's not going to let him walk, um, <clears throat> because I don't feel like they look at Darnold as the future or. Matt Corral, he's going to have to come out there and play well after trying to, you know, go through therapy and so on and so forth after tearing his knees at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. So this is this is tough right now for Baker, especially on a team that's, to me, going to be at the bottom of the NFC South. They are looking at still trying to put all the eggs in one basket on Christian McCaffrey, who this guy's been injured for the past four years. I, I don't think that's a situation that yeah. they want to look at that being exceptional at the end of the day. So we will see how that looks. I couldn't agree with you more, TP, because I feel like this is a win-win for Carolina, right? Like, you, you draft a Carl um, late that you didn't have to give up a lot to get him. But also, if you don't feel he's ready either, um, you know, between between the ears ready or physically with his knee, right, you have a quarterback that has played in the, in the pros that, you know, you know, yeah, everybody's down on him, but when he's been good, he's been good, right? So if, he, if you, you get this kid, and you're only paying him $4 million and he comes in and has a good season, it's a win-win for you. So I think from Carolina's perspective, I agree. I don't think he's ready. I don't think Coral's ready, and I think Baker's in a prove-it year to either get another job, maybe in Seattle, to your point, because I don't know why Seattle um, was it. I don't know, like, want to say more aggressive, but wasn't in on him more than I thought they should have been. So, um, but, yeah, I think Baker's in a prove-it situation, and I think he – if anything, this is a good situation for him. There's some good talent on that team, and um, he can probably win that. Anybody can win a starting job over Darnold. I mean, please, give me a break. So um, I think it's a good situation for him. On the flip side, Cleveland, they finally, you know, get rid of Baker. I don't think they ever really believed in him. I think, you know, the, the friction that he caused with Odell Beckham and eventually Odell Beckham getting his way out of uh, Cleveland – I, I think the team was divided. They don't. I don't think half of them really felt like Baker was the guy moving forward, or felt he was a leader. Uh, even though, you know, give him credit, he played hurt, you know, most of the year and, and showed a lot of heart in that perspective. But I don't feel like Cleveland really thought that he was the starter. Now they have, like I said, Deshaun Watson, who in all likelihood will be suspended at some point. I think the, the judges. Uh, laying their decision in the next day or so, um, even if he's not available to play this season, you'll have Jacoby Brissett, like I said, in the wings, ready to, you know, a guy that's got experience, you know, has played in, in New England, has played in um, Indianapolis, who can play and put, play at an elite level, um, you know, at a high level in the, in the pros. So not – not at the Deshaun Watson type level, but he can he can be a starter and, and he can hold it down until you get that settled. What is your take on Cleveland? Even though I think they don't have a lot of maneuverability, right, to to get another body in because they they're really cap strong, and they don't have draft picks because they used a lot of them to get Watson. So they pick up a pick 
and still, you know, on the hook for some money, but I think it gives him a little bit of uh, a little bit of breathing room without Baker in the building. The Cleveland situation, I feel like they feel like they're content with Brissett right now because he's been in New England, he's been in Indianapolis, he's been in Miami, so he's seen different cultures. I feel like they they can ride that as best as possible, especially with the running back that they mm-hmm. have. So they take a lot of pressure away from him offensively. Their defense is still mm-hmm. stout, so I feel like they could come up with some big stops in situations if need be, as long as they stay healthy and stay disciplined. That's the best thing for Cleveland right now. But there is going to be a lot of question marks swirling around if Jacoby can get it done, get through the full entirety of a 17-game season and have them above 500. It has to be 9-8 and eight or better. Now, I feel like it's not fair to put that pressure on him, but he has to because he's been in so many different stops, and now's the time to prove it. So um, it only gets better for him here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I root for the guy. I think he's a good guy. He doesn't really, um, you know, I think he, he can start in this league, not at an elite level, but he can start. Um, but he, he's a guy that doesn't really kind of rock the boat. He, he, he does his job, and he's a, he's a solid vet that you can have back there. So, and I agree. Listen, Cleveland's got a really good defense coming back. They got two really good running backs. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they adjust um, without the wide receivers in the building. Um, you know, I said, what, um, Landry is in, where is, where did Landry end up? I, I got to fact check that. I, I apologize on that one, but I know, uh, Odell, obviously not. Landry, Landry, Landry went to the team. Um, Jarvis, Jarvis won't be going to Saints. Yeah, 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 that's right. I apologize. I totally blanked on that one. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's a good, I think it's still a good enough team that they can, you know, it's going to be tough now, right? The AFC is tough. You know, the AFC West is loaded. Uh, I think the, the central division is going to be pretty solid with the Steelers and the Ravens. Um, you know, you still have the Titans and you got, you know, uh, the Bills, you know, the class of the East with the uh, an improved Dolphins team and, and New England shouldn't be going anywhere. It's going to be tough in the AFC, but um, to your point, the worst you could have is a veteran quarterback. I don't know if you could ride Baker Mayfield um just the inconsistency with him. I don't know if you can do that anymore. So um, it was a surprising trade, especially the timing of it, but um, not surprising because everybody knew that Cleveland and, and, and Carolina were always talking, always in, in the mix with each other, and that was a logical landing spot for him. But Seattle, what do you think Seattle was thinking not going after Baker? I, I mean, it's a fifth-round pick, I don't, you know, that's not expensive, in NFL terms, why do you think they didn't go in on uh, Baker Mayfield? They are literally telling the world that they're tanking. Um, They try so hard to get rid of either (laughs) Tyler Lockett or or DK Metcalf, and it's like you're going to get rid of your best offensive weapons. Um, And they went up there and signed good running backs as well that came out of the draft. So um, they got uh, Kenneth Walker from uh, Michigan State. So you're putting him in a situation where the quarterbacks aren't good. They're not going to be able to get the ball out like they need to. You're going to get a, a rookie running back punished. You're, this, this is just a debacle. And let alone, they have the oldest head coach in the league right now uh, with Pete Carroll being older than Belichick. So I don't know what they're up to. They're mm-hmm. telling people they're tanking. They went with the coach over the quarterback of Russell Wilson. They didn't even try to bring in another quarterback to get this situation taken care of. Only thing I can look at is them trying to get the best pick possible next year where there's at least four to six good quarterbacks coming out of college, including uh, Bryce Young and Tyler Van Dam. Oh, Tyler 
Van Dyke, excuse me, um, and, yep. and quarterbacks mm-hmm. of that nature. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm if I'm the receiving group in in, in Seattle, I'm pissed. You know what I mean? Metcalf is trying to get his money, and he has nobody to throw to him. I mean, how do you get paid if you don't have a quarterback throwing to you? So, um, you know, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough in Seattle. Like, listen, I I'm not a huge believer in Baker, but he's definitely an upgrade of what you have in the building. And I don't know why Seattle didn't pull the trigger or at least a fifth rounder. Or they could have maybe done a little bit better than a fifth rounder, maybe gotten a fourth in there. I, I don't know. And, and they didn't have to pick up a lot of the salary. That's what's mind-boggling to me, right? I mean, you know, of that, like I said, 16, they, they're only paying four or five million. So um, not sure what Seattle's thinking uh, other than, you know, Tank City, here we come. So, um, you know, it's going to be a long 17-game series for a uh, season for, for all the Seattle fans. I know a few Seattle fans myself. Um, the team's not for sale. That's what I heard. But, uh, you know, it should be a fire sale out there, right? Um, that's very, that's sure very smart of her. She, she's smart for saying that. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, yeah, that's what you Paul Allen's sister we'll, didn't want. She didn't want to sell the, the Blazers or the uh, Seahawks, so. Dude, if you want to right, hang on to right. a billion, yeah. two two different billion dollar investments, you better sit still. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead. But yeah, Word. Seattle, you know, it's it's, <laughs> it's their plan to roll with Gino and, and and Drew Locke. I mean, good luck with that. Um, yeah, okay. Um, I don't know, but I mean that that was the big news in the NFL. I mean. Basically, not much has gone on. You know, we're just kind of slowly waiting until <clears throat> until the, the season starts, and then you know the NFL will be all over it. So um, it'll be a fun time in the city. Can't wait for football, man! I love it. Um, basketball, you know, it's their off season. You know, they've had they had uh, the draft and now you know free agency starting now summer league games. Did, I I gotta ask, did you see your boy Chet the first summer league game, Chet Holman? Come on, man. See, you you like the Knicks, man. I I love the Thunder. There's a difference, man. So like, I watch everything that goes on with my boys, man. You know. So this is the problem with I, I deal with New Yorkers, and they they think that they the real blue and orange, but we the real blue and orange. You know what I'm saying? And the league is going crazy. They watching Chad put up this type of night. Now he had a rough night tonight because he went up against Kenneth Lofton, Jr. I don't know if people know about him, know about him out of college, but I didn't know he went to the Grizzlies. And I didn't know this was the game that he was going to have tonight. But uh, the kid is like six nine, six ten, and he's two seventy five and could score. And that's exactly what mm. I was worried about with Chet is when he ran into somebody with a bigger frame, how he would handle it. And he was doing good against the Jazz, like dealing with people bodying him. But mm-hmm. he's dealing with a guy that has that size and, a, and he's a lefty. So Chet not only has to recover mm-hmm. to make up the ground in the air, he has to get to the other side of the guy's body, and he's very wide. So it's like having to get to the left hand was mm-hmm. tough for him tonight, and um, he got scored on a bunch. But the Thunder still came out with a, a big bruise up against the Grizzlies. But out, mm-hmm. out the gate yesterday, that was awesome the way he played yesterday. But uh, tonight he still had 11 and 12 rebounds, two assists, and he had a couple blocks as well. So, like, he's a stat stuffer. Like, um, they they calling him a mm-hmm. unicorn. I believe it. But, I just, you know, we've never really seen a true unicorn, you know, withstand the, the stand of time. But um, the one thing about it is I know America and the NBA are looking for a, you know, a Caucasian athlete to come through like that, and Chet is that guy right now. So hopefully, 
I don't want to rush him in his rookie season. To potentially could have a rookie of the year type of campaign, but just give him about two or three years to like fill the league out and, and be the threat that he could be at seven one. And I'm, I feel like I'm asking for a lot for him to just get ten pounds, ten or fifteen pounds, so it don't have to happen as often. But uh, he's pretty incredible for what I've seen against Utah. But tonight it was a tough one dealing with somebody close to three hundred and six ten. It's almost the same height as you. Yeah, I mean, um, I liked what I saw in game one from Chet, 23 points. I mean, he looked really comfortable out there, but to your point, I didn't see him today. Um, I was doing a lot of working and stuff, so I didn't get to see a lot of sports today. But, um, I, listen, I hate that word unicorn because you know where I go with that word. I, I think of freaking Porzingis, and nobody wants to be compared to Porzingis. But that's the, like – that's the that's the comparison you're gonna get, right? That, that you know a six a seven footer that can do what he can do on the perimeter. I didn't see a lot of them in in college, but I, you know, the, the kid is, is talented, and I think you know sneaky really good pick. And if Paige Beckers is co-signing you and calling you a unicorn, I mean, you know, UConn fan. Um, shout out to the Huskies. I think, I think he defends better. He defends better yeah. than Porzingis did. On the perimeter, you mean? Yeah, but like, like Porzingis, when Porzingis was getting a lot of his block shots, like he was waiting at the rim for people to, like, help defend. Like, or chase down. You're getting Chet to yeah. go out the block jump shot. Chet is, like, you know, contesting, like, body-to-body, like, one-on-one. Chet is helping in team defense, too. Like, Chet is doing more than just being a seven-footer out there on the floor, let alone he's 19, 20 years old. Like, Porzingis wasn't mm. this young when, you know, coming into the league. Like, this could be a force to be reckoned with. Hey, listen. You put him with uh, Alexander. You might, you might, you might have something. I like what I see. I'm like, you want what I'm seeing. So I don't get pizza I'm, two there. We want Shea. I really don't even want Shea. Like somebody could take him. I'd rather have Giddy run the show. Let Dort be the dog, and Chad do his thing. Uh, uh, Shea, Shea is a guard really? that rather score and get scored on. Yes, Shea is the type of guard that would rather okay. score and get scored on. This team is preaching defense. They're getting defense across the board. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. the other guy, the other guy, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. This guy is a great defender. He was he was on the mm-hmm. ball defending last night and today, getting steals, blocks, and uh, points off the turnover. He could control the ball, shoot, and mm-hmm. dunk. Like no, we don't need Shea no more. Like Shea was a good piece. Shea can score. He, he has a great layup package. But it's been too many times where Shea lets his guy score on him, and that's a note known around the league. Um, I don't know if you remember the game. The Thunder had a game against the Pelicans where Shea, we're down mm-hmm. two. Shea hits a uh, three from half court with like two seconds on the clock. Devontae Graham grabs the ball mm-hmm. and shoots it from the full length of the court and hits it to win the game. You know who man that was? Shea. <laughs> you know where Shea was standing at? <laughs> Probably on the other side of the court. He was on the other side of the court, and then his guy has got the ball and taking it out and, and shooting it. Nobody on him. Not to say, like, yeah, like, go wow. ahead and shoot it. Like, everybody would say, go ahead and shoot it. But it's like, these are these situations. Like, when do you – you were around Chris Paul. I know Chris Paul didn't have you totally sitting up there saying, no, play defense. Like, come on. Like, that's not going to be mm-hmm. the makeup of you for the rest of your career. Like, we're not going to win games, playoff games, or championships watching you score and get scored on. Like, this this is kill or be killed. Like, I I, I don't know, man. It's different. For me, I like I, I, I like Shea because he can score, but after seeing after you know possession by possession basketball, the way I watch it, it's like no, that's that's not the way I was brought up. You, you listen, you even know Barry like if you was playing on a mm-hmm. team, 
and you see somebody score, you like, yo, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, I'm not sitting up here watching you <laughs> let somebody score. Like, what? No. no you yeah. you know better. Yeah, we from here. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. You see and the that's, difference. That's just interesting like because I've never, I've never heard your opinion on Shea like that. I, I, I knew you liked him, but I, I didn't know, like, you would be willing to part with Because, correct me if I'm wrong, the Thunder did – Pay him right. He did get a, a extension, right? Yeah, they did, but now, 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 uh, now I can tell you what type of hardball we can play. You, you like baseball, don't you? You like baseball, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. K- KD want to leave, don't he? That's interesting. KD want to leave, don't get to that. You don't get to that. Right? Oh, man. We got we got enough picks to make LeBron leave. We got enough picks to get KD back home to get his jersey retired. Do you really think KD – all right, let's right, – hold on. I want – pause, pause, because I want to finish this conversation. Because I, 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 I love where you're at with, 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 with kids with, – with, uh, Shay, I was saying because I, I, from my perspective as a Knicks fan, I would love to see him on my team because he's definitely an upgrade on what we have. But from your perspective, I definitely see what you're saying. And watching Giddy go for a triple dub tonight, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he's the, if he's the weakest link, you can move him, get some either assets, which is I don't think you need more assets, but you might be able to bring in a couple of good defensive bodies and kind of from the ground up, kind of like Memphis is doing you know, focusing on that defensive end, that kind of being that tough, gritty kind of team. So I, that's very interesting. But I think, listen, I think when people saw what the Thunder were doing, in, when especially when, when um, CP3 left and everything, everybody thought it was Tank City. No, I think they were built, you know, had to build through the draft. You have to be smart. I think they're bringing in the right kind of kids. That You know, eventually it's going to work out. It, it, it took a while in Boston with the, the kids and the young pits. I think eventually Thunder's gonna figure it out. They're gonna they're gonna build right, and I think they got some kids that they can grow with. The Knicks had picks. I don't think they got picks they can grow with. Thunder, on the other hand, I think they got some kids they can grow with. So we'll see where that goes. Now, if there's anything you want to add on that, go for it before I get to this. You said grow with. They they could start now. Talk about you talking about like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They they got the pieces. Listen, okay, the kid out of France. Deang, he's a six eleven shooter that can rebound and shot block and control the ball. Yep. So this, they have mm-hmm. a bunch of guys that like that, that like like how Shaq calls them the others, like that could take away from Shea. Shea can no longer play that mono e mono basketball. If he can use the team as best as possible, Dort, Dort can score. Giddy can score. Like mm-hmm. there's a bunch of players around him that can score. The only thing is that everybody's young. People don't believe it can happen. So. They have mm-hmm. to get the experience. The one thing that has to happen now is they're going to have to get rid of Mark Dagnall because I don't think he's the guy that's going to coach them up to get to the postseason. Or, well, he could probably get to another postseason, but, like, not a threat as a playoff threat or to a final. Like, like no, we need a coach that could get mm-hmm. this young group ready for their type of success like Scott Brooks did. Scott Brooks had the Thunder together, and they were 22 and 21 years old in the finals. Who could say that the Thunder can't do mm-hmm. it again? So this is what I'm saying right. with that. So now I know you like the way I cook, so I'll let you proceed. No, I I agree with you. I I honestly think um, Kenny Atkinson would be a great coach for you. I don't know if you agree. I think he would build a nice young culture. So I don't I don't, I don't want to quit kids. it. I, okay, all right. In the words of Mike Singletary, I, I need winners. 
I, I need one. I, I can't have him say. I can't. I can't have him say. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Michael Jordan, and then uh, a, a few hours later, you know, I don't. I don't want that job. I'm gonna stay on the sideline with Curry and, and just backpedal to fucking excuse me to to uh, championship rings. Like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not watching that. No, no. no I don't do, want do him think, there. Do you think it was? Do you think it was the personnel, or do you think he really just wanted to stay under Curry's uh, coattails? I, I think he'd rather sit up there and get rings any way he can with a, uh, a part of his coaching resume. To get, like, another one mm-hmm. or two under his coaching resume, then it's like, okay, yeah, I got what I wanted. Let me go anywhere, and that raises my, my tag. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have went to run okay. the show with Jordan to help him, you know, especially with all of the picks that they right. did bring in uh, Charlotte. Yeah, because I think, like, if you're waiting for a better job, like, the grass ain't always greener. Charlotte's got some nice young talent. They may have a player or two they need to kind of move, but at the end of the day, you know, Bridges, you know, we hope everything, you know, we don't know what's going on with him, but I think they got some good um, young pieces around ball and stuff that they can really build around. So, you know, I kind of agree with you, but I I think he's a good coach, and I think he built a good thing in in Brooklyn before they came and ruined it. Speaking of Brooklyn, it's all quiet. KD's not talking to anybody except in his inner circle. Uh, right now, but he did let um, kind of the world know that he would like to be traded. Um, you alluded to a team that he probably can go home to. I think that's the best. I think that's the best PR move for him to go home. Um, I think it would be an. I hate to say a weak move, TP, but I, I don't. I, I just can't sign up for him going to like uh, Phoenix. I just you know a, a team that's more a number one seeded team, and you go into that team. I mean, if that's how you want to build your legacy, I don't know how much of a legacy that is, but we can get into all that. Let's get into the just the basics. He wants he wants out of Brooklyn after uh, uh, Kyrie Irving um, opted into his contract. KD the next day said, "I want to be traded." TP, what's your first – I mean, it's been a, uh, almost a week, but what was your first initial and what is your feelings on KD requesting a trade out of Brooklyn? Um, take him to Party City, get him the uh, size 74 shoes in red and a very soft <laughs> nose, and if they have white paint, facial paint, just put it all over his face and buy him the real baggy pants. They may be red polka dot, they may be white polka dot, but just let him wear those pants and put a shirt on him that's in, like, white and blue stripes, and you'll have KD what he is right now. And you could get him a wig. It could be colorful. It could be all different colors, like a rainbow. It could be green. It could be red. It could be blue. Whatever you want to do, get him what he needs to get. He's already, you know, losing hair, so it's it's happening. Shoot, it's happening, so he can... You know, he can fit the role. That's what he is. He's a clown. There's no way that you opt to go to Brooklyn saying nobody wants to play with the Knicks. You're watching this organization break up in front of you where you can't be the guy because I think Harden and Kyrie followed you there to be the guy. And you aren't the guy. You are just a piece. You are a guy that can score like a monster, but you can't finish. You can't. I I get it. Everybody's saying, oh, if he had a size – 
18 shoe. They had to went to the finals and beat the Bucks. Yeah, okay, I get it. But it didn't happen, so now what? Does he taste revenge? No. He gets swept by the Celtics, and now everybody wants to leave, including Bruce Brown. And then they're trying to see how they could fit the package with KD, trying to squeeze either Joe Harris or Seth, uh, Seth Curry or all three together. Like, this, Brooklyn's in shambles because KD is doing his monster stuff. And now, all of a sudden, this Brooklyn team is leaving. Benjamin Simmons all by himself. So what, you didn't want to work with Ben? Like, you were making it seem like it was okay from the get-go. Now, all of a sudden, this is bad. So I don't I don't know which way to go with this situation, but it, he, he looks terrible. And, and just the look on the outside of it looking into, what are you going to go? And they said mm-hmm. uh, the Warriors painted like to try to bring him back to uh, Golden State. He would look clownish after uh, he left there saying, oh, I didn't like the way Golden State was kissing Seth's behind. I mean, Steph's behind. Or where do you go to Phoenix? Mm-hmm. You're going to run with Chris Paul to try and get him his first championship and be a piece down there outside of Devin Booker? Like that that looks very weak. Or are you going to go to Miami and be a part uh, down in Miami where these guys are like trying to go after you, like like Brooklyn versus Miami, now you're going to join them? Like, he, he looks very weak. Uh, forget like, just his frame and the way he looks like at, you know, the eye test. Like, all of the moves that he's making, like, I, I question his characters, characteristics, excuse me. Like, I, I, I just don't like that. Like, KD looked weak <clears throat> ever since he left OKC and went to Golden State. And it's gotten worse and gotten worse. And it's a five-letter word that I use so often, but I don't want to use it or like to use it. And it's a female. Mm-hmm that they refer to, and it's called karma. And his karma is here in front of him, and the end of his career is not looking good other than the way that he can score. But the way that he's been getting taken care of, it, he's, he's lost to the Bucks. He got swept out of the playoffs. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's almost looking like LeBron's if people really look at these things, but people won't look at the real facts in front of them. Mm-hmm. I mean – there's a lot to unpack, and I can see it. I see it from your side, and I agree with you. It's a weak move in the sense that he came there, got what he wanted every step of the way, but followed his boy there when you should be the leader. You're the best player on that team. And then when, for whatever reason, if Tyree can't get his money, which I think is the problem, they don't have any leverage. Kyrie wasn't going to get his money, so he's like, you know what? Screw you. Trade me, and you can lose us both. Kind of like, you know, st- stand by your man kind of crap. And you, 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 but in the in the in the general sense, you came there. You laid you laid an egg. You cracked all over that organization. We can say what we want about Kenny Atkinson, but he built a culture after the debacle with, like, uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, not saying they were bad, but they had gutted that team of picks in, in the future. They came back in relatively quick time, had um, D'Angelo, uh, Russell. They had some young kids um, in, in Spencer Dinwiddie. They, you know, they had a – Allen, except they had young pieces. They had picks. They had a lot of things going for it, and they had a culture. You came in here, crapped on it, and now you're just leaving it high and dry. It's a weak move from that perspective. If he's leaving to leave Kyrie, because I feel, and I want to ask you this once we get, I got a call I want to bring in. Honestly, in my opinion, Kyrie is the, one of the major reasons why this, this whole thing is happening. You know, we know the whole timeline with, 
you know, not wanting, you know, we don't need a coach and getting rid of Kenny Atkins and getting your boy uh, Steve Nash in there who hadn't coached a day in his life, running rush shot over that place, um, you know, then the vaccine happened and, and there was stuff in between and, you know, we can't, we can't say, hold oh, the vaccine's the reason, but, you know, everybody else opted to get the shot. You didn't. It pissed hard enough to the point where he wanted out. And, you know, if from that perspective, if Kevin Durant had enough, great. If you want to get away from that guy, great. But I don't feel like that's the reason. I feel like you're just bailing again and you're a runner. You're not a leader. You're not, you're not like the, there's a difference between LeBron and KD. And I give LeBron a lot of crap just because I'm a villain. But the fact is the fact that LeBron at least is a leader and leads by example. And KD is just running, you know, he's running like the far side. It just doesn't make any sense to me right now. What, you know, just demanding a trade to go to another team to try to chase. If you're going to chase rings, fine, but then don't come out and try to diss legends like Charles Barkley when he says that you're a bus driver when you're pulling crap like this a week later and you're on your podcast, new media, and you don't say, a, you, you say nothing of consequence and, and then this happens. It's just ridiculous. But I want to bring in, um, I want to bring in Mike calling in from the 615. What's going on, big brother? Uh, I appreciate you guys <laughs> having me. I know you got Another question. I had to work a little late today, but I wanted to make sure I popped in and uh, talked with you and TP tonight, and then uh, at least got got a chance to stop in for a few minutes and uh, take part in the Carlos Cookout, man. So thank again, thanks again for having me. Uh, you know, yeah, get, I agree get right with to it. We're talking Kevin Durant. Get right to it, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with everything you said there, except for there's one thing that I really don't like. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard enough. I've heard enough about. LeBron James, and I don't think there's any need to, like, try to, like, glorify him when talking about Kevin Durant. This, this is a completely different scenario, and I still think that uh, – I, I still think there were some weak or questionable moves uh, on LeBron's side as far as that as well over the oh, course of his career. So I, I don't even want to go down that avenue. And, and I think that uh, even putting that man's name in this discussion – it is almost it almost cheapens it, but I think that I think KD left Golden State because he thought that maybe he was going to join up, you know, he's going to have Harden and Kyrie or whatever in Brooklyn. He was really going to be able to to push for something and and went out there and he thought maybe he could be the alpha dog somewhere else. You had a better roster and the chance to do that in Oklahoma City. You bailed there to go to Golden State, mm. which. I, I still didn't like that move in the first place. I know a lot of people uh, right. judge me for saying that, but I didn't like that move in the first place. And now what you're doing is is you're showing us by making this move that that was your true colors. That's who you've been the whole time, and that's who you still are, bro. Like, by by going to make this move and ask to be traded. Because you're right. If it was to get away from Kyrie, listen, I'm quite sure if Kevin Durant had gone to owners and people in that franchise and said, I want to stay here, I made the commitment to be here, but I don't think this is going to work with Kyrie. He's really been too much of a distraction. I just don't think it's going to work. What can, what can we do to bring in another star instead of him? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, but you sign, And you also signed this long-term contract. You wanted to be the guy that brought a championship to New York because that city had one more in a while. And you were quite confident that you were going to do it. And now, because you hired a guy who's not really a good coach at all, 
and you got the pieces in play. The pieces didn't work out. You had all these other things that happened to to mess it up. Now you want to leave. Now you want to bail. But this is what you signed up for. And, and I I just don't I don't like it. I, I think it's I think it's kind of clownish. That's all I got on that. I mean, I, I agree with you, and, and to your point, listen, uh, if there's, like I said, I, 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 I want to be fair because I feel the same way QP feels about it. I feel like a deep move, but I can also see that if you were going to leave, if you were going to leave Brooklyn because, oh, not, not Brooklyn, if you were going to leave Golden State because you wanted to win on your terms, be the leader, be the man, win on your team, because everybody knows, I think the perfect analogy was that it was it was um, Kevin Durant was the bus driver in Golden State, but the least you know the type, name on the title was was Steph Curry. It was his team, right? But he was the best player on that team. We all know that. Um, if you wanted to leave to go on your own team and win, fine. But now you're leaving. <laughs> this is your team. You built this. This is your mess. And now you want to leave because the ownership and, 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 and Mark and everybody want to play hardball. And, like, we're not paying Kyrie to show up when he wants to show up. That's a weak move to me. I mean, TP, who's more to blame in this situation? Is it ownership in, in the GM? Is it Kevin Durant? Is it Kyrie? Is it a mix? Like, who is the most to blame with this mess that we have in Brooklyn? Oh, the most of the blame is the ownership because they didn't surround those three with talent. Um, they put bullcrap big men after bullcrap big men in there. Uh, the, the shooters outside of them that had the opportunities to make it happen didn't make it happen. Bruce Brown or Harris, none of these guys could hit open shots. Even Seth Curry couldn't hit open shots when the, the, the situation was provided for them when these guys were on the floor together. So I blame the ownership, but then the pieces below them um, – I blame the players, and then I blame the coaching staff because Steve Nash should have never been there. He should have never been coaching this mm-hmm. team. Like, um, he hasn't had any coaching prowess at all. He got that surely off of his name and his affiliation to Mike D'Antoni. That's it. Um, and That'd now they right. have him there. They're gonna. It's going to look even worse. It's going to look worse when either one or both of them leave because they're going to show the world that Steve Nash cannot coach at all, and he'll probably end up getting fired in two years. I, I don't even think he'll – I really don't think he'll last the end of the season if it really play out the right way. But I think they'll save pace because this guy's a two-time MVP, so on and so forth. But th- I think there's a narrative set there for him. And um, the way that they looked in the playoffs, uh, they, they didn't have any structure. It was iso ball every possession. Um, I, I blame ownership for that. In the management, I, there, there's no excuse for that, especially while these guys are – ready to leave you, and you guys are going to end up looking like the worst team in the city of New York. At one point, it was one team that wore blue and orange. You guys look like the worst clown show in the city of New York. Before, it was the, the clown show was in the garden. It's in the Barclays right now, and it's live, going on for the days of our lives at this point in time until things happen. <laughs> and you know what? I, I, I agree with you that ownership is culpable, but I, I don't think it's because of the roster they built. I think it's because they capitulated so much to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that they allowed this mess to fester. And now all of a sudden, three, four years later, three years later, 
you want to play hardball and say, oh, I'm not going to pay you, Kyrie Irving, for playing hardball. You shouldn't have paid him place when you said you're, if you're not vaccinated, you're not around the team. And then when Kevin Durant says, I want my guy here, all right, well, you can play road games. Like, you should have held your ground to begin with, not only just building the roster, but who the hell told you to, to sign uh, DeAndre Jordan when the Knicks couldn't wait to get rid of him? They didn't want to sign him to all that, that money in that contract. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant told you to sign him, and you did it. You gave him that contract. It was ridiculous. You had guys in there that could have played the big. No, you want you did what Kevin Durant did. Wanted you brought his boy in there. That's you. You you had Kenny Atkinson in there. You did what Kevin Durant wanted. You brought his boy in Steve Nash because they had a relationship before that, going back to the Olympics and all that stuff. So it's it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I mean, Mike. I mean. And listen, Kyrie Irving destroys every freaking team he's on. Like, everybody knows I have no love lost for that guy. He destroys everything he touches. But it, it, there's enough blame to go around for everybody. I mean, Mike, do you agree with me and TP that ownership is as much to blame as, as anybody else in this building? Yeah, I do. And, and I think that it's part of this culture, though, now that we're seeing in the NBA. And I think players uh, – Listen, uh, players are the biggest reason why the owners are able to line their pockets, right? Like, if it wasn't for the, mm-hmm. the talent and if it wasn't for what the players brought uh, to the court, then the owners wouldn't be able to put as much money in their pockets, right? But I still think that there's uh, something to be said for GMs or GMs, owners or owners, players or players. I think that players should have input, and I think that especially if you're kind of a franchise guy, you should ha- have some input. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, there still needs to be something done for making sure the right culture is in place and making sure that we have the right mantra. Like, it just sent the wrong message across the whole league. I, I think that this was a poorly constructed roster um, around these guys, and I think that some of the guys that you were hoping would uh, pan out did not. Uh, but, yes, there's definitely uh, blame Plenty of blame to go around. I agree with everything that you just said about Kyrie Irving. I think that in a lot of ways, Kyrie is Kyrie's going to Kyrie, and he's he's as talented mm-hmm. as he is. He's a, he's as toxic as he is talented. And ownership does this now. Kevin Durant's kind of bailing here. So I I mean I do think there's if you're going to look at, at the the rise that failed to be meteoric rise. So the 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 semi rise of the Brooklyn Nets and now the fall uh, of the Brooklyn Nets and you're going to point fingers. Uh, you can point fingers at all three of those entities at Kyrie, KD, and the ownership. I do agree that ownership maybe shares a big uh, piece of the responsibility, but uh, Kyrie and KD both have plenty of uh, have, have crosses to bear as well in this mess. No, absolutely, and Kevin doesn't get – he doesn't get the pass for this because he's a part of the problem not only for the roster that he forced them to build, but the lack of leadership once you got this roster in place. Like he said, you're a follower. You're not a leader, dude. He's not a like, leader. He's not, be, yeah, I, I didn't hear that, but he's not a leader. He is not. Yeah, like this is your team. You're the guy. Like even though you had the ACL injury – and that year, Kyrie had no interest in playing because his boy wasn't there. Let's not forget. 
you're still the man on this team. You're still the best player on the planet when you're healthy, right? But you don't, you're not a leader. Like, and it's fine. Like, everybody's not built the same way. Like, you can be the best player. With TP and I know you can be the best player on the team and not be, you know, a leader. That's fine. Like, it's not for everybody. But, I mean, what are we talking about here, dude? Like, you, you know, there's just a lot of blame to go around. And, and just just the idea that the Nets told Kyrie, listen, go, if you want to go find a sign and trade, you go talk to any team you want to talk to. And the only one that had an inkling of it, of interest was the Lakers. And they really had no way to do anything about it. No, that because just tells they you how nobody wants to. Yeah, but nobody wants anything to do with Kyrie. And, 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 and it's not because of the player. He's a great player. He's a headache, and you can't trust him with your money. I wouldn't give him all my money I had in my pocket and my bank account right now. You know what I mean? If I, if I, had, to, if I had to give him all my money just to say play a full season, I wouldn't do it. I, he, yeah, I wouldn't trust him with my money. Why would you trust him I with give yours? Him a fifth but, of it. I wouldn't give him a fifth of it. No, no nothing, nothing, not at all. So, um it's just it's it's a frustrating situation all around. But TP, with that being said, he does want to be traded. There are listen. There should be every team in the league making a phone call to the Nets and seeing what they can do. Some teams have better options, um, like like Toronto and, and New Orleans. Some teams have to do some work, probably like um, Phoenix and Miami. Get another team involved. The Lakers definitely would have to get a lot of teams uh, involved. Where do you see Kevin Durant ending up? And do you – so it's a two-parter. Where do you think he ends up, and do you think Kyrie follows him wherever he goes? Well, they're saying that they want to play together, but it's highly, it's highly unlikely for that type of trade to happen. And if I was Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I would not send them to teams that make another team a championship threat. I would send them to the Rancho Cucamonga Cockroaches. I would send them to – the Alaskan polar bears. I would send them to Saskatchewan ice holes. I, I'm not. You're not going anywhere that you guys want to play basketball. You're not going to Miami, Phoenix, Los Angeles, Boston. You, you guys are going to play somewhere horrible. I want you guys to be punished. Like like this is a summons. I, hell no. I'm not watching that happen. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm I'm not even watch. I watch that phone ring. I look at that call ID and, and treat it like it's a Jehovah Witness at the front door. I'm not playing around. I'm dead serious. Y'all can call it all y'all want. Unless y'all say y'all got like $700 million with them, they're not coughing up. I'm not I'm not appeasing him for his career, for him to come here for, what, three years and pull the dumb stuff, and in the first year of his third year he was out because he was injured? Like, no, I'm not watching that. No, you, you're you going to either sit here and work or you're going to go somewhere where I want you to go, like Cleveland or uh, – uh, I don't know. This just teams that are, are tough or hell. If he really wants to go play with Dame, I think you to Portland. Go ahead. Ain't nothing in Portland but Dame Lillard. Like like you want to go there and play with him? Y'all both gonna mm-hmm. struggle. Y'all gonna both struggle. So go out there. I'm gonna send you somewhere where you are gonna regret that you made us be your stepping stone to get away from Golden State. And now you and your plan didn't work the way that we try to plan this out to build around you for the future of the Borough of Brooklyn. I I, I would not want to entertain KD or Kyrie at all. Not the Rancho Cucamonga cockroaches. And the Alaskan <laughs> polar bears. You ever seen you ever seen the Alaskan polar bears play? <laughs> no, they, they're not good enough to make it on TV. 
Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, man. That's what I'm saying. That that's exactly what's going on. If they can't make it on TV, picture KD. Exactly. Mm. That's what I'm saying. It'd be on the Flint City, uh, the Flint, with the Flint Tropics, with uh, Jackie Moon and uh, Andre 3000. That's the team I would trade them for. I mean, you, you, go, to the, go, to the go to the Globe Go to the Globe Matter of fact, you don't even have to leave the Brooklyn Borough. He could go to Sunset. He could go to Sunset Park. I'll trade him for Sticky Fingers. Afraid to start. Metal Arc Lemon and the Glow Trotters, bro. Like, cause this is a sideshow now. <laughs> I can't, I can't with you. I can't with you. Right, Mike, where do you think, where do you think he goes, and where do you think he ends up? I mean, I, I think he's trying to go to Phoenix, and he's trying to go to Miami. I don't see how it's gonna happen. And the one thing that I've said is, and I said this last night in the barbershop on Clubhouse, cheap plug, twelve thousand and growing. Uh, we are. You know, a lot of these, like, uh, a lot of these fans and different people that, that want KD on your team, man, and all these, like, so-called, I mean, all these trades being thrown out there, man, they're like cracking jack box trades, bro. Like, none of this is going to make sense, and if I'm Brooklyn, I don't do any of it. You can't give me, like, two mediocre players and, and picks and think that that's going to work and that this is what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> any team that's going to pull this off, you're going to have to gut your franchise. Like, it's going to – like, if, for example, if New Orleans does it, you probably ain't going to have anything left other than maybe one of the two uh, – you might have Zion and KD. And then you're going to have, like, mm-hmm. what else you're going to have? Like, uh, because it, you – it's going to take more – look at what Gobert just got. Look at what, look at what Utah got. Yeah, I didn't Gobert. even get to that. And you look at what Utah got. I didn't even get a chance to get to that. Oh, you you mean to tell me that you're gonna uh, trade anything less than that for Kevin Durant? That whatever franchise it is, you are going to gut that franchise, and you better hope this man can stay healthy, because otherwise you're going to be a lottery team. Absolutely, and they don't deserve that. They deserve for a to long to, time to, to come. Pieces back that they, yeah, they deserve to get pieces back. I mean, and and what bothers me, and then I'm going to leave this where that where that. Kevin Durant got guaranteed a big contract coming off of a, a what Achilles tear that doesn't a lot of people don't come back from, and you know what people don't really talk about, brothers and TP. Kyrie Irving in three years gets a lot of flack for only playing a hundred and three games. You know Kevin Durant only played ninety, and got guaranteed a lot of money, and now is leaving that team high and dry once out. And they paid him. They paid him. They wanted him so bad, they signed him to a big contract, and he got paid one year not even being on the court. They paid him a ton of money. Not even being on the court. They paid for his name. They paid for his name and who he is, and and guaranteed, regardless of the fact that that's a serious injury that he came back from. um, Dominique Wilkins had that injury. was, was not the same player. That was a long time ago, but still, I mean, you know, that's not that's, yeah. that's not an easy injury to come back from an Achilles tear, and, and how he did it too in the playoffs, and it, when they probably should have won three straight championships, um, and they they came up short against Toronto. Guarantee them a contract, and he wants out. They gave you everything you wanted and the money. They and they gave you the bag, and you still want it out. Like, <sighs> play on, player, play on. Um, 
I listen. I, I listen. The, the best situation for him is probably Toronto. I think probably a close second is New Orleans, but those are not two sexy teams that he would want to go to. Uh, where he ends up, I don't know. And to be honest, like, I'm kind of like, who cares? <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I really don't care. Like, Kukamonga, um, you know, he can play in the California Penal League. as well. like, I don't care where he goes. You know what I mean? But, you know, he's going to go somewhere. And to, to, to segue to that, if Rudy Gobert can get a haul like that, Kevin Durant should get double that. Because, listen, Rudy Gobert is, is going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time uh, most valuable, not most valuable, um, defensive player of the year. He's an all-star, all that good stuff. He'll probably be end his career in the Hall of Fame. But if you're telling me that he's worth that package, four first-round picks plus – actually, it's five because they gave him the pick from this year. And, and players, what can Kevin Durant command that even though he's 38, 33, 34 years old, what can he command, right? TP, did Minnesota pay too much for Rudy Gobert? I mean, five first-round picks for a guy that just isn't a fit on most teams because wait, he is wait, a great defender, wait. but he's a liability on the perimeter. Go wait, ahead. you said five. You, you said five first-round picks, right? Yeah. Do you know what else they gave up? You you didn't just say the five. Yeah, exactly. They gave up like five or six players, let alone the picks. Yeah. Like they gave them everything. They they depleted the wolves and they brought a dude in that don't have an offensive game and they put him in there with cat where he's gonna have to have a post game. That is so backward. The wolves yeah. is the most dumbest move ever. I guess they try to save cat because cat doesn't play the best defense. But it, Minnesota mm-hmm. just got rid of one of their better defenders than Patrick Beverly. Now you're on guard. Ball defense is a question mark now, so they they're gonna have to make it happen. I, I, they made they bet they got to sleep in it now. I listen. You, the it's not the picks. You're right, and the the players they gave up. It's the fit. It's all about the fit. You're putting them with Cat. Cat now listen. Cat wants to shoot threes. He shot what six threes a game. He's a perimeter guy. You know, kind of like kind of like Anthony Davis. You know, and and Mike can attest to this. Like. Davis does not want to play the five. Cat does not want to play the five. He wants to play on the perimeter. But now you've got guys that you can't it, – it doesn't space out the court. You've got a guy in Gobert that needs to hang around the, the paint so it just clogs up the middle. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It just, it's about the fit, not only just the picks and the haul that they had to give up. I, this is – this is I, I don't see it. It is a terrible trade to me. Not only what – I think I lean more to what he gave up. But I think it's a fit too, Mike. What did you think about that trade with Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota? You know, it's that's an interesting it's an interesting trade to me. Um, I I don't know that those pieces fit. I do think that you know Gobert does give them some inside, but he doesn't do anything else for them. Uh, really, I, I like Ed. I like. And, you know Anthony Edwards, and I, I, I love Towns, and I think that this is just them trying to get another. You know, they're falling in love with this DPOY and, and his accolades as far as that goes, and so they think maybe he helps us on the defensive end. I, I think it could bog them down, and I, I think that as much as Cat likes to play on the perimeter, uh, Edwards can slash and still kind of hit mid range. He's not a settle for three point shots, and Cat can post people up, and he's a problem offensively. And I wonder uh, if Gobert being on the court kind of clogs that up and makes that hard to do. I mean, 
and, and really limits that offense. I, I, I don't see that it, that it can work. I see what the thinking is behind it, and I think it's a nice idea, but I think that this is kind of like people used to talk about how for several years now it hasn't happened in a while, but back when they were the Redskins, uh, not long after Dan Snyder took over, people used to always say the Washington Redskins would win the offseason every year when they would sign a few big-name free agents, and then what happened come regular season, they would always kind of uh, muck it up and not be any good, right? And I think that this um, – you could say on paper it might look good, but if you really understand basketball and how pieces fit together on the court, it just doesn't make sense. Prove me wrong, Minnesota, because I don't believe it. I, I don't believe you need more people. Um, I just don't like to say it. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. That, listen, they're going to do it their way. I understand how, like, the, your Lakers teams with uh, Davis at the four and Howard at the five made it work and they won a chip, but – I don't know, man. Joe Bear, I don't know, man. Boy, um, I I know we're almost. I got to get to this because I want to. I want to highlight this. James Harden is close to signing back with uh, the Sixers. Um, opted out of his contract. Is going to take less money so that they were able to bring in PJ Tucker, some other pieces, some nice pieces that they brought in to the Sixers, taking less money to make that happen. TP, do you think? What do you think about that move by Harden, putting the money aside to get the check? I want you to go back to Party City and go get those size 74 shoes in red, some baggy pants, <laughs> some, some white paint to put on their faces, get him a red wig since he likes red, and get him a very soft nose. And um, just go from there. He's a clown. Um He's left team after team after team trying to find a championship. No matter what he does, I don't think Philly wins a championship. That That's what it is right now for him. Mm-hmm. It's not over, get to the playoffs, see how far we go. The Sixers have to win a championship now with an MB that has MVP caliber, and I, I think that they kind of robbed themselves getting rid of Ben Simmons. I, I could care less. P.J. PJ is old. P.J. Tucker, you know how old he is? Like they're you're you're wanting mm-hmm. him to, to be there just so he can play defense for you because you don't play defense. Go get his shoot Barry size seventy four in red. He likes red. Get the matching wig and the nose. Everything will be all red. He want he want to throw his three and B's up. Then let him do what he needs to do, and be a clown. That's that's what you are in Philadelphia, and you're the one that Kyrie <laughs> called washed up. They were trying to hide the player. It was hard. So you have to prove that, A, you're not washed up, B, that you can win a championship right now, and C, that you don't look like you're, you know, approaching 33 this summer, you know, in August. So this there's a lot on uh, Harden's play at this point in time. So I get the money move. That's cool. That looks like you're being, you know, you know, cooperative with the sixth organization. But, like, at the end of the day, people are going to question your resume at the end of the day. I mean, listen, the resume is – everything and listen he has come off as one of the most selfish um you know babyish kind of players with you know how he he forced his way out of every situation um hasn't been easy but listen he ain't worth max money if there was no way they that they should pay him over 50 million dollars a year um it they tried people were trying to compare it to russ westbrook opting into his contract russ had to opt in because 
no, nobody, he was going to see that money anywhere else, and there was no guarantee that the Lakers, if he would have opted out, that they would have brought him back. They would be like, oh, see you later, bye, we got money. <laughs> see you later. Like, he would have he never saw that money or maybe a contract of, of any kind of value anywhere. So it's a different situation. But, I, I, listen, I agree with you. Harden's got that clownish, you know, in, in him. But to, to, to be aware and not take max money, not just take the money, but say, you know, win was, win was what we got, but pay me my money. Yeah, I think that takes, a, you know, physical balls, actually, to leave some money on the table. Mike, what did you think about Harden uh, opting out and, and looking like he's going to take less money to come back? So I, I think it's an interesting uh, – I think it's an interesting move. It's kind of a clown move. And I think – Harden has a lot to prove to me. Can can you get can you get in shape? Can you can you look less uh, like he he looked old last year, and he he looked like he's thirty three going on forty one, and so uh, to me like prove me wrong, prove CP wrong, prove to me that that you're anywhere close to the player that you think you are. This is the place that you claimed you wanted to be even before you went to Brooklyn. So now prove it and show that you're actually a primetime player. I, I don't believe you are. I think your best days are behind you. I think that um, he is has quite honestly at times – so he had that step back three that he was hitting really consistently. But at times this is a guy uh, that does a, that has done a good bit on the offensive end but when it comes down to it, even early in his career and postseason and whenever it really matters, he has not been able to show up on big stages. He has not brought much on the defensive end ever in his whole career. He doesn't play. You know, he's not an all-around player. If his three is not falling, he's not that great. He has been able to facilitate more, and you've seen the assist numbers uh, continue to be consistent. But if you're a liability on the other end of the court and you're slow and you can't, hold your own, uh, you know, guarding your position on the other end, uh, you don't deserve the kind of money that that he's been requesting or even taking. So, uh, listen, he, can, he, can he change the narrative or can he change people's perspective? Uh, you know, people are already trying to say now, oh, he looks like he's in great shape. He's doing all this and that and this in the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's getting real serious about what he's doing or whatever else. Everybody's going to defeat in the off season, bro. I want to see it. Uh, I want to see it in the fall. I'm not a believer in James Harden. I haven't been in a long time. He's not a guy that I ever have wanted on my team. I, you know, I I was sad to see Oklahoma City let him go when they did. I thought they should have kept him. I thought that that would have been a great uh, fit with those guys. Uh, but I just, uh, I, you know, I don't believe in him. Period. They saw they saw something we didn't see. I don't know. But, um, yeah, listen, it's all valid points. I'm happy he took less money because he ain't worth that. He's not even worth the 41, 47, I mean, um, that he could have got. Or if he got extended to a Supermax, I think there was a lot of controversy, you know, especially on ESPN saying, is he a Supermax player? No, he ain't no Supermax player. He should get his money, but he ain't Supermax player. But, you know, we'll see. You're right. Listen, he can exercise and show that little, what, 30-second clip of him, you know, running up a hill and all that kind of stuff you want, you know. When it's game time, you know, game sevens and all that stuff, he comes up small. You know, he, he took, what, two shots in the second half in, the, in a closeout game 
against the Heat, that's the guy that we see, man. The last impression is not a good one. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, that's it. That's what we got time, man. Um, Mike, thanks for calling in and hanging with us. Give us a close as we get out of here, bro. Man, uh, always, always, man, uh, much love to TP. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Uh, he's the guy that brought me on, and I, and I definitely appreciate it. Always grateful. Uh, my brother from another mother, man. And uh, respect to the rest of the chefs. You, villain, always good to chop it up with you and do a show with you. You sound even stronger this week. I'm glad to hear you kind of back in the saddle, man. Uh, glad to join you. Check out uh, the – the website, the blogs, everything we're doing. Thanks to PHI Apparel. Uh, and then SportsCityChefs.com. Got different things going on. We'll start ramping up as the summer uh, continues to unfold and we start moving into August and September and football season as well. Uh, we have uh, Tuesday nights the baseball buffet uh, with uh, Nate, Dave, and myself. And if you don't have uh, all three of us, you at least have two of us most uh, Tuesday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Uh, 6 o'clock on the West Coast, and 7 o'clock Mountain. I'm going to go ahead and include them all. Uh, Sunday morning brunch with me and uh, with me and Timeless, the Timeless Sunday morning brunch, and uh, I'm just lucky to be alongside and be able to carry his bag, man. But it comes down to it. Uh, barbershop on Clubhouse, uh, 12,000 strong and growing. Uh, eventually we'll get to uh, 10 million strong, and, and we can play the real Flintstones commercial, but a little ways away. We'll get there one day, though. Uh, listen, we got all kinds of things going on, man, in the barbershop, all kinds of different conversations. Uh, as the summer continues to unfold, we'll continue to have to uh, check out all the different things we're doing and uh, support Sports City Chefs. Without listeners, man, we wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be bringing this to you. So uh, don't forget, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, thanks to them, and also you can check us out at any of your smart speakers, any of your smart devices, anywhere you grab the uh, podcast. Just ask it to play Sports City Chefs, and uh, check out any of our current and past episodes. It's all numbered, man, so you can always just pick a number and listen to us, and uh, we try to entertain and do the best we can. Much love and respect, and as they say in the South, in Louisiana, man, les bon much love, man. Talk to you later. All right, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Listen, get to the website. I haven't done much on that, but we still popping. We still doing things. You know, we got the shows all week, like Mike said. Uh, thanks, everybody, for calling in. Yeah, I'm getting stronger. Still back a little achy at times, but, you know, getting there, getting healthy. Try to just, you know, keep, keep it keep it going. Keep it strong. Um, got a full house, too, man. Got all my all my kids and all my children in here. So, like, another soap opera, right? Keep all my children and all that, whatever, but it's all good. We be we in here surviving. But T P I love doing a show with you, man. Miss you, bro. Um, give us a close, let's get out of here and pay some, pay these bills, right? Yeah, I'm, I I want them healthy, but I still want them weak. Cause so my girl could kick <laughs> his butt. I, I like that, you know, Avery could go up there and tear him up. So shout out to AJ. Take care of Ben is beat up on daddy. Shout out to Shy holding down the Jordan Foundation. And X, you already know X marks the spot. Um, shout out to everybody doing anything in Sports City. Um, we be here all week long. Um, it's interesting right now that I'm, I'm. I was talking about Chet. My cousin is on the floor right now for the Philadelphia 76ers, and he's playing some awesome ball right now too. So uh, 
look for Charlie Brown Jr. If you haven't heard of him, he's leading the Sixers in scoring right now, so I'm happy about that. Um, we're glad that I got the fellas here with me. Brothers are always at forever. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Okay. Uh.